Swamiji, you've said that we can draw inspiration through living correctly, by being kind to others, by uh, just living good spiritual teachings. Is there a way to draw inspiration at will? Well, let's define inspiration first. I can be inspired to put the number 10 on a roulette table. It may be wrong. <laughs> I can feel inspired to invest in the stock market and become rich. I don't call that inspiration if, even if I make a million dollars, although maybe that is a kind of inspiration. But the kind of inspiration I'm talking about is that which gives you bliss, that which gives you greater attunement with your own higher self. And in that sense, I can't create that inspiration. I only can receive it. When I write music, I don't think, well, I want the notes to go up and down this way and that way. I have an idea of what I want to say in a song. Then I ask God to give it to me. And I think that inspiration comes from our superconscious self. We have three levels of mentation. One is the subconscious, which is really just a rehash of what we've put into it, and it can become a habit if we repeat a thing too often. But uh, then the conscious mind reasons and thinks things through. But the conscious mind cannot say, for example, you see a cloud on a hill. You can't say if it's dust or a fire. And uh, inspiration will tell me. Conscious mind can't. Conscious mind can show me different alternatives. Inspiration will tell me which is right. Conscious mind can put things together. Most writing, most art is done consciously, but not superconsciously. If you have superconscious art, whether it be music or anything, it inspires people. I, I always think as a criterion for great art that it isn't enough to be accurate. I've seen what is what it passes for great art, it doesn't move me at all. It's just ordinary burgers or <laughs> ordinary, I don't mean hamburgers, I mean a, a citizen. <laughs> and uh, it, it, I, I've seen, I think also that, you know, you can paint a beautiful tree or a beautiful scene, but the most conscious realities in this world are human beings, more than animals, more than trees, more than beautiful flowers. And I think, therefore, that the highest art in painting and in sculpture is of human beings. And if you can capture a human being in an upward mood rather than a downward mood, I always think that a painting in my house should be something that I want to live with. And a painting of a person should be of somebody I'd like to have as a friend. And... Uh, so with music, too. Music has been more my particular interest. But that music which makes me feel better, that music which makes me feel harmonious. I, I remember, well, I've never been a part of the, the modern scene. When I was uh, uh, growing up in Romania, the music I listened to was classical music, Bach and Beethoven and others. But... Uh, when I came to America and I found jazz music, I just thought it was comical. But uh, then I found Boogie Woogie. It was always getting more and more egotistical. You know, in the, for instance, take Mozart. 
it's more graceful. Even the minuet is more graceful. Then you come up into the waltz. People used to think that the waltz was a very indecent kind of dance. Women and men touching each other, holding each other. But then it became, well, in the 1917s, 15s, around that area, when the Sennelli hoppers start hopping around, it's all sort of jagged, and there's sort of a nervousness in it. Then you came up into the big band area, that first beat of a measure is the ego, and there's a heavy emphasis on ego. Then it seemed to go further and further into rock music, then heavy metal. I had a very interesting thing. I read this book by this woman who tried to commit suicide. She had loved heavy metal music. And when she, she found herself in the other world, it was a near-death experience. She was saved from it. And uh, in that other world, she found these people were uh, sort of staring like this. Nobody really... Some people were dressed in the, in the costume of ancient Greece and other costumes of old times in, the, in our Western civilization. And they'd just been sort of in a stupor all this time. But uh, she found that the vibration there was very much the same as that of heavy metal music. When she came out of that, she spent the rest of her life campaigning to get people to understand what a hellish thing this is. The music you listen to has a very definite impact on your consciousness. And you drive your car and you listen to people with their boombox turned up full. It's terrible for them. It destroys their nerves, but most of that more than that, it makes them materialistic in their thinking. You have to realize that we are, as the Bhagavad Gita puts it, we're on a battlefield. This spine is the battlefield. This, this body is Ketra, the body of the field. And that which lifts the energy, lifts it toward the higher nature in man. That which lowers it, takes it toward the lower energy. I, Mentioned, I think, recently in a question and answer period about people who were lower chakra. They almost wag their tails like a dog when they're happy. <laughs> and and a, a person who is more refined, he will, he'll, he'll show it in his movement. His, his dancing will be, if, if, he, if there's dancing, is more upward. Balinese dancing is that kind of dancing. Whereas the lower chakra dancing makes people's consciousness lower. So the music that you listen to, don't be, don't be satisfied that if it excites you or if you like it. You can have wrong likes as well as right likes. If you want to get out of that which causes you suffering, then don't listen to or enjoy music that associates with your lower chakras because happiness is in the upper chakras of the spine in the higher nature of man. Unhappiness is all in his lower nature. Swamiji, it sounds like diet almost. You know, if you like ice cream and just make a continual diet of ice cream, it's going to ruin your health. Well, it's true. I don't think ice cream is the worst thing, <laughs> but there are certainly kinds of food that are. There's tamasic foods that, are, uh, that tend to make your consciousness lower too. It's good to eat uh, fresh food, raw food, not to eat meat. They're discovering more and more. I've been finding this in the 
newspapers recently that meat eating will shorten your life. Red meat is even worse. And people who eat heavily of meat, they are taking not only the meat into their consciousness, they're taking the fear and the anger of those animals that are more highly advanced. The red meat animals are, are more highly advanced than the others. And to eat their food is to take into yourself their emotions. That's why if you have to eat meat, better stay with chicken, fish, lamb even. But uh, I think sensitive people don't want to kill. And although it's true that you kill a vegetable when you eat it, yet I think that those lower forms of life have their justification for living and helping the higher forms. So it's not killing in the same way. Swamiji, if our quest is to live in the upper chakras, as you're saying, and to find inspiration and intuition, are you equating the two, inspiration? Inspiration and intuition, of course, they're different in the sense that one gives you a feeling of joy, the other gives you a feeling of correctness. I may intuit that I should go to a certain place to meet somebody. But the inspiration will come if I think that, if I find that meeting that person I feel joy. Uh, it may, may not always, it may just be a help. So I'd say that you have to realize we have a language, and this language gives us mu nuances of meaning, <laughs> and you can't muddy the waters and get clarity. But we can draw it at will. Yeah, yeah. Swamiji, um, speaking of drawing it at will, you've spoken about creating music and asking a question, but how does that process work when you're writing? Because it takes more effort and energy to, to put those thoughts in an inspiring way. Often I will think a thing through for days, weeks, years even. There's some points that suddenly I've got, got it, and then I'm thrilled. There's really a joy and wisdom as there is in every other higher quality when you discover a way to say something that will be convincing to people. There's a certain inspiration and joy in that too. But I don't ever try to work things through just logically, because logic can be wrong. Whereas I like to feel, is this right? I, I, I consult my heart, that's the best center for intuition. So if I feel that a thing is true, I have to feel it here. Otherwise, many things make sense, but they aren't valid. Mamaji, in your writing over the decades, did you at a certain point consciously try to write musically as you were writing the words? Well, it's, you know, of course I've written music too, so it's natural for me to do that. But I have found that, that musical writing is more easily absorbed. And I wanted to be a playwright, and I loved Shakespeare, and I always tried to work out ways in which dramatic speech could be poetic, and in being poetic would be rhythmic. You somehow, when, when there is that rhythm to it, it gets more deeply into you. So, yes, I've always tried to write rhythmically, and not just accurately. I've always resented um, too scholarly an approach, people who try to show their knowledge by using long words and difficult concepts. My thought is the more simple you can make it, the better you've understood it. So I've always tried to simplify things to the point where 
even a child could understand what I'm saying. Finally, it has to be said that you cannot teach truth. You can only help people to recognize it. And so my way of writing is to try to help people to recognize truth for themselves. And I find that it does work. I find that that uh, if you put a however here at the beginning of a sentence or a little bit further, all this rhythm as you as you write rhythmically and the rhythm is harmonious. I know one friend of mine says that what you what you write reads so easily that I tend to go over it too quickly. Then mm -hmm. I have to go back. Well, that is a disadvantage. I can't I can't deny it, and yet she does go back, mm -hmm. and I I find that. When people, when I read something that flows easily, the ideas somehow can be more easily digested. So I try to make my words, even in prose, sing.